This is Cinema Degeneration. Stranger. Nowhere nice. Got a name? Hell. Sam Hell. Never heard of you. In the future. After the big war, there will come a time to rebuild. And a need for a new and special kind of soldier. This man is carrying a loaded weapon. Prepare to meet the next great American hero. That's where you come in. Are you serious? His name is... Hell. Sam Hell. Never heard of you. We're going to Frogtown. And this is the adventure he's been waiting for. We're gonna get him out, and then you're gonna get him pregnant. And if anyone's got a chance in hell of rescuing the virgins from the evil clutches of Toadie... It's a miracle. Right. And escaping from Frogtown. Go, 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 go! It's Sam. Holy shit! Be there for the action. (laughs) The adventure. Sam! What are you doing? And be there for the dance of the three snakes. Dance or die! We're all gonna die. (laughs) When hell comes to Frogtown. Starring Rowdy Ruddy Piper as Sam. You are one weird dude. Sandal Bergman as Nurse Spangle. Wired to blow. Hell comes to Frogtown. Eat left, froggies! Alrighty, folks, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to Cinema Degeneration's Appreciation Month. We are starting the things off here with quite a bang. Uh, we're doing a wasteland-themed appreciation month. Everything post-apocalyptic, dystopian, but it must have a wasteland theme to it. And this movie is, uh, it, I think we're starting off with one of the best here. I, I, I don't think I'm uh, the only one of that opinion in this group uh, today, but we are doing Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring the late Rowdy Roddy Piper from 1988. And joining me is my uh, split second team up, our trio of uh, cavalcade of uh, stars here. Uh, my buddy Eric Phillips, how we doing? Good as ever. And, and Corey Dawson from Without Warning, how the hell are you? Excelsior! <laughs> hey, that's Stan Lee's line. <laughs> Oh shit! And, uh, shit, Sucsior. 
<laughs> it was his. It was his line. It's not anymore. Uh, ooh, shot fired. Shots fired. Uh, but yeah, we're here. We're we're talking wasteland theme movies, or we're going to be comparing things like, you know, the Bronx Warriors. We're doing. We're doing. You know, the hands of steel. We're doing Mad Max. We're doing. You know battle truck but not tonight not this evening we are doing the one the only the very tongue-in-cheekish the b-movie spectacular hell comes to Frogtown, and I, I i know this movie is is very important to me that i saw this came out the same year as they live you know so two of roddy roddy piper's biggest movies they live and hell comes to Frogtown. piper was a big influence in my life i met him several times at conventions he, he was a great guy uh, a spectacular human being and i miss him very much and uh you know yeah long live roddy roddy piper I'll, by Absolutely. saying that though now i gotta ask and we're gonna try to keep things <laughs> corralled in here but when you get the three of us uh the three stooges together i'm not sure who's mo larry and who's curly but uh I, i'm gonna try to be mo and, and keep us corralled in and keep us on target but that's a liable to get thrown <laughs> that's liable to get thrown out the window here in like about three and a half seconds but uh i don't really know what to do that mo <laughs> Uh, just roll with it, baby. Just roll with it. Uh, but yeah, let, let me give the quick IMDb synopsis before I start posing some questions to my fine gentleman co-host here. All right. Hell Comes to Frogtown 1988 is as follows. After a worldwide nuclear war where 68% of the male population was wiped out and virile men becoming as rarity, Sam Hell, a scavenger and high, highly virile man, is assigned to help rescue a group of fertile women kidnapped by humanoid frogs. And folks, if that doesn't have you reeled in for this fucking movie, uh, you need to get the fuck out because you're never you're never going to get the, the the love that we have for this movie. Now, uh, I could talk about my love for this movie off the bat here, but I'm going to pose this question uh, to my one of my co-hosts here first. Uh, Eric, we'll go with you first. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the first time, or at least the first time you remember seeing uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown and, and what it what it means to you? Oh, very easily. This was another USA Up All Night movie of one of those movies that I was just old enough to start, you know, staying up late and watching movies. And, you know, Friday, Saturday night was always, you know, the time. And every time USA Up All Night came on, it was always some kind of weird fucked up strange movie that i hadn't seen and i always ended up enjoying them and that's you know that's where a lot of my fucking all-time favorites came from evil dead 2 hell comes to frog town friggin uh split second was on there friggin oh there's so many there's so many that that show in movies that that show introduced me to and you know thank god for gilbert godfrey and ronda sheer for hosting that because what what a bygone time! It it really needs to make a comeback, and yeah, we need to find out what the hell happened back. to the original host, Karen Schlitt, because she yeah. disappeared. Yeah, they she can got bring back Joe Bob and Elvira. They can bring back uh, USA up all night, man. They they should and they could. Yeah, they 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 really they really need to. All right, and Corey, what about you, sir? Oh yeah. Uh, Definitely in the same boat, same or everything. Uh, USA Up All Night. I think that 
if I remember correctly, I think it was Rhonda that, uh, because Rhonda to me was always sort of like the white trash Elvira, I guess you'd say. Um, so I watched USA up all night all the time. And, uh, I was kind of, I was thinking back to some of the ones that I remember sorority babes at the slime ball bowl Rama. Oh, that yeah. was a big How one that I remember that? the demon in the bowling trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was that was a biggie. No, dude, that was a that was a biggie. I watched that one a ton of times. I think Chopping Mall. Well, sometimes I get USA Up All Night and sort of like uh, the sixth run, like HBO late night stuff mixed up. So I think the Chopping Mall might have been on HBO, but uh, no, Chopping Mall but was it may definitely have... on USA. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Saying like Night of the Comet, that type of stuff. So like I got I got a real um, education due to all that, and of course with USA, they sort of skirted the line on on how much they would show and all that kind of stuff. And when you see something like Frogtown, um, the thing that always even as a kid I remember thinking, how do all these pieces fit together? Because I was always like a big reader and a, and a writer and stuff, so I was always like. How in the hell do you have, no pun intended, how do you have the Frogmen, Apocalypse, and Virility, like, come, like how do all those things come together? But uh, I have to say, overall, um, from the very get-go, I was uh, riveted, I'd say. <laughs> I see what you did there, sir. Nice job. Nice job. Hey, I mean, it was, yeah, what am I going to do? In my notes here, I have at least three <laughs> references to riveting, so... You're not the Oh, one. now you're talking. Uh, yeah. Just be careful with those, man. Those jokes will croak. <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, man, uh, you know, when we all get to, we all get together, we get all hopped up, so. Yeah. So. <laughs> you say jump, I'll say how high. Oh, shit. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree with a lot of the uh, sentiments that you guys have already said. Uh, I remember seeing this on USA Up All Night. I believe I saw it before USA Up All Night. I rented it after seeing like They Live. You know, it came out about right around the same time, and I was, you know, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, man. That's fucking all I needed was to, to see this movie, and I'm just like, uh, you know, getting to the point of like frogs and like you said the frogs and virility and you know <laughs> the the you know the, the whole idea between you know mutant frogs and frog town and sam hell repopulating the world and med tech and all that <laughs> shit uh that all that i was just like how does this yeah like you said uh cory like how does this all fit together i didn't know i just saw the cover and i'm just like oh this has roddy piper in it i'm in i'm in all the way uh, but yeah, I give a little bit of the, the 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 cast list and crew list. I think the reason why this movie was so weird is that it had uh, two writers, and anytime you have more than one writer on a screenplay, you you know that's going to mean for some crazy shit. But the director was Donald G. Jackson, and uh, co-director was R.J. Kaiser, and Donald Jackson also wrote it with Randall Frakes. Um, some of the, the co-stars in this is William Smith as Captain Devlin, Sam Paul Bergman as Spangle. Oh, it, you talk about one of my early crushes in life. 
But uh, oh man, yeah. Orlando Bergman. Yeah. Oh man, I have a hot take. I, I'm sorry, she was not it for me. I don't think she should have been the it girl in that movie. I think she should have traded places with CC Burrell. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I, I actually I agree. Dude, with I this have to agree. Else. I have to agree. I have to agree. I actually was going to say later that uh, I think Sandal Bergman was kind of like the weak link of this movie. Oh, yeah, she's, but, not, she's not a great actress. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, she, she should stick to her aerobic tapes. <laughs> she's just sort of stuck to the uh, the Red Sonias and the Conan the Barbarians, but she is uh, she, she ain't bad to look at. I'm just saying that. Well, Demure, I don't think Demure is her thing. Like, you needed someone where you could have like a big transformation. It should have been a thing where when she took her hair down and her glasses off, there should have been like a massive transformation. And it wasn't there. And it wasn't there. I think that she would have been much better. I yeah, I agree with him. I think that she should uh, Sentinella should have played that part because I think that how'd you say her name? CC. C-C. Yeah. Okay, CC. Because I thought it was like C. So it's CC. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if that was like I had to look it up. It's short for Cecilia, so it's I believe it would be pronounced CC. I honestly didn't know if it was pronounced Chech or something weird like that, Keck or something. But, um, yeah, I think that she could have gone through a much more massive transformation. Well, part I of think the problem that- with that is, too, is uh, doing on some research, is that um, at, especially the uh, part with the Dance of the Three Snakes, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Sandal Bird we'll was supposed that to do that, do that set uh, nude. And she refused. And obviously, C.C. Burrell didn't have a problem with that. So, again, you know, main character is supposed to do something, doesn't end up doing it, makes it look goofy. You know, it, it just it dragged the film down a little bit. If they would have did that little character swap. Yeah, I agree. It would have been a little bit better. I think she was just – sorry. She just – when she's trying to look sexy in that – you know that training she has training scene with uh it just <laughs> she, doesn't, she's it comes trained, off, in seduction trained in seduction techniques yeah wink, wink. yeah but well <laughs> yeah yeah right it, it was stretching exercises. not really not really <laughs> it was stretching exercises like oh yeah she's you know a, what? she should have really stuck to those uh aerobics videos right yeah, she really should have like oh, you don't want to pull a hammy <laughs> well it made me kind of wonder if uh, the reason why they picked her I don't know much about Sandal Bergman. I didn't know that if she had been like a ballet dancer or something, and that's why they had her doing that. But I do think that she, I think she's miscast just due to her sort of, I don't want to say range, but I think that her flavor, like her delivery, I think that she should have been like the hard ass. I, I don't think that she had the chops to sort of do the Linda Hamilton where you're kind of soft. Yeah, the, at the beginning of, of the thing. Yeah, agree. You got agreed. a hard later. I don't think that she was. Uh, uh, I don't think she was quite built for that. But uh, who knows? I'm not sure. Uh, I do know one thing though. When you have William Smith in something, I'm all in. That freak was like one of my favorite. I I must have watched Every Which Way You Can a thousand times when I was a kid. So anytime when that. In fact, I think that the worst failing of this was you sort of, I don't want to give too much away, but he ended up being much more important and they sort of 
glossed over. You're sp- yeah. There's supposed to be like a big reveal, and it's been, it was so glossed, it was it was so glossed over, and there wasn't a whole lot of input or, or reemergence that it kind of it kind of fell over a little bit. And when you have that guy, you need to use that guy like that. I love Wade right. Smith. Agreed. Yeah, and then you think that, I mean, I think they probably were both cast, William Smith and Samuel Bergman, was because of their involvement, both of their involvements in Conan the Barbarian. I think the director was a big fan of Conan the Barbarian. It slipped my mind that he played Conan's dad in that movie. That that totally, that's great. Nice poll, man. I totally didn't even think about that. You know, it was also glossing over somebody else that got glossed over pretty hardcore. How the hell did you not... No, not Squid Lips. <laughs> How do you have a guy uh, named Squid Lips and well, not have him mean a goddamn thing? See, we right. well, we How already do you freaking put Rory Calhoun? Half the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I was going to mention Rory Calhoun. I was going to mention Nicholas Worth, but we digress getting halfway through the cast. <laughs> right. Like, How the hell do you yeah. have Rory Calhoun in your movie and only use him for, like, I don't know, 30 to maybe 45 seconds in an entire movie? Well... I have to say, I kind of dig his. Uh, I dig his piece of this. Um, oh, I think I love that it was performance. We needed more of it. Yeah, I, I almost think that more, more of it might have like clouded, clouded it, maybe. Like I think that when him, I think that if you would have had him show up and maybe have like his own little kiosk instead of him just being like a patron, I think that would have been enough. If like he was the one making just, the hoops yeah. or something, just a, he it needed something just a little bit more. It needed something a little more tangible to hold on to, to make it a, a better performance from him. Because I mean, he, he he he's so underutilized in the movie, you know. And he's it so is, fucking charismatic. He really is. Oh my god, he really kept his looks too. I meant to tell you guys, uh, every day at work they have uh, they have the TV in the lunchroom set to grit channel. I guess it's like Grit, the uh, Western channel. Yeah, and yeah. I had no clue that Rory Calhoun was such a Western actor, a prolific Western actor. He was in so much stuff. I see him with like a uh, full head of black hair, and I'm like, damn, that guy kept his hair for decades. Yeah, and of and course, you like... know, when you're obscuring it with a pig mask in the hotel. <laughs> Did he have any other when he started his career that he that he would be mostly known for Motel Hell? Do you you think he knew that? (laughs) Probably not. I think that he is sort of um, this is going to sound really weird. I think that he is the George Clooney to uh, oh god damn it to um, to shit I forgot his name. Uh, Oh, he's one of my favorite actors. He's the guy who played the um, the old man in uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Shit, I love him. What's his name? Oh, Are you talking um, about the sergeant, <laughs> Killer Clowns. Holy shit, that guy. No, no the, 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 the guy, uh, the guy that was also in House. He was in House too. Right. He's got this really interesting oh, name. Oh, the grandpa from yeah. House too. Yeah. Shit. Um, hold on. I'm, tra- I'm trying to think of the the name of him too. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Is- Hold on, but anyway, I got gotcha. you. I was saying that he was uh, uh, Rory Calhoun is the George Clooney to Royal Dano. Uh, Royal, Royal Dano. Dan- 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 that's it. Actor. 
actors, and I can't believe I forgot his fucking name. But I think that Rory Calhoun. I'm ashamed is of myself the, for forgetting his name. Me too. I'm really ashamed of myself for that. Uh, he's the Spoonie <laughs> to uh, to Royal Dano's Brad Pitt, for sure. Those two guys. Oh, both Dano, how did I forget that, man? That's, I just watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space too. I should know this. I should know because this we thing. have so much fucking movie information logged into our heads that we have to fucking periodically chuck other shit out to make room for the new shit and then we go back and go oh yeah i talk about ron danner just as much as i talk about clue gulager oh yeah clue clue is great can you imagine clue in this in this role role as as looney tunes that would be awesome too but somebody else we got we, we, we glossed over though at the same time that we only mentioned for like a hot second was uh, Nicholas Worth as Bold. Man, can you... That, I mean, could that have been a better casting? That guy is perfect for that. Yeah, it was a really good cast. And like, even, you know, the budget that they had to make the suits was so low. And what they did, they got the, uh, oh, yeah, they got the guy that did uh, the suits for Guyver, the Guyver movies. Oh, shit. Yeah, Steve Steve Wang, wasn't it? Yeah, Steve Wang. Thank you. Holy shit, man. I I think he had like, it was like a $1,200 budget or something like that. Twelve grand, twelve thousand. Okay, I was about to say, holy fuck, man! Wow, he did that on twelve thousand dollars, dude. And that fucking that looked like friggin' early Ninja Turtles. Like, if you would have put that up with the Ninja Turtles movie and called it Battle Toads, people would have fucking been like, "Yeah, that's Battle Toads." You're talking. (laughs) Now, now you want to hear something weird? Want to hear something weird here? Now, you know, uh, I, I run another show c- called Howling at the Full Moon, so I'm a big Tim Thomerson fan. Did you know the part of Sam Hell was written with Tim Thomerson in mind, but New World wouldn't cast him? You know New what? Now that I him. look at that movie, I can see that. I can but see I'm that being written for him. Yeah, I, I'm glad Ronnie got the part, too. Yeah, Even the, though the, I the love first, yeah. Tim Thomerson, I, I think that Rowdy did a great job. Agreed. Well, he brings a certain charm to it, and he brings a, a comedic timing that like nobody else has. Yeah, he's got that meathead oh. thing going on for him. Yeah, I would have to say that now that we're in the uh, the 2020s, if anyone ever asks why there isn't a movie that objectifies a man, you got it right here. He is yeah. an absolute object in this movie, and. Who well, to be fair, he's also a fucking Piper. rapist. <laughs> I mean, at the, at the end of a gun, though, like he's totally being used for. I mean, it's almost like an Amazonian, uh, uh, a treatise from Amazonia, Amazon, because if you think about it, they're completely just using him, absolutely using. In fact, he shows so much more compassion and heart and fragility and sensitivity. Who would have thought that he would have that he would have been able to show that much sensitivity in 
in a radioactive frogman rape culture post-apocalyptic fucking road movie. I mean, it's insane how how fragile he comes across. He's the only one in the whole fucking pit that cares about these girls' feelings at all. Oh, yeah. Like, he cares more about them than uh, Spangle does, than uh, Sandal Bergman's character does. She doesn't give a shit. I mean, when they... You know, we can, we don't have to cover this in a linear fashion, so don't worry about jumping around here. But, like, when they're on their mission and they, they, they're they in that pink truck, with that pink truck, that med tech med Oh, it's so truck. dope. It's just it's it's so the cool. Like, I would love to have that thing just parked in my driveway just for no fucking I think that you can put that up. I think that you can put the pink med tech truck up against Ecto-1, up against the DeLorean, uh, up against the fucking Hamikuda. I think it's that iconic. I really do. I, I, Is it a, I would put that in a collector's car shop. Yeah, like I mean, you even know, though it does look like a giant pink clit. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, and dude, what's wrong with guy, that? If you're a guy and you can recognize that's what it is. Well, I mean, if you think about it, this whole movie is shot with a matriarchy in mind. Look at the narrator at the beginning of the movie. It's female. Look at who running the, who's running the okay. army now. Females. Look who's telling Roddy, Roddy Piper what he's got to do with his fees. Females. It's a matriarchal society. And why did that happen? Because 63% of the males got wiped out and turned into sterile, so there's now more women than men. Okay, this seems like they don't make strong female characters in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this seems they like a good they place never to stop. This this seems like a good place to tell you guys about my epiphany. Oh, okay. So I'm driving along. I'm thinking about Sam Hell, right? And all of a sudden, I think about his full last name, which is Hellman. And then I think about Hellman's mayonnaise. <laughs> he brings out the bed. <laughs> There's no fucking way that that could be a coincidence. There's no uh, fucking no. way. I've That's never poisonous. considered that before until now. I've ne- I've watched this movie dozens of times, and I've never considered that until now. <laughs> well, guess uh, L. That puts Dukes in a whole new perspective too. <laughs> That's why you pay me the big bucks. Yeah. Uh, the check is in the mail. And also sir. something else. When we were talking about the frogs, and and while we were talking about that, another theory came to mind. The importance of sperm and there's like you know what sperm looks like tadpoles tadpoles radioactivity frogmen frog town i it mean could be. it's a little bit further away but i i think the hellman's has got to be that has to be part of the everything it has to well, had whatever, to be I'll, inside I'll, joke. Uh, I'll tell you right now man you you look at the rest of the movies that this guy made and nothing would surprise me <laughs> you know nothing yeah i guess we should probably mention i'm going to mention it briefly here right now there there, there are two sequels two loose loosely made sequels to this there's Frogtown 2 and then there's the the toad warrior which i think has another alternative title now Frogtown 2 toad warrior yeah the toad warrior oh jeez 
I, w- I watched 10 to 15 minutes. I've tried watching that a couple of times over the years. I've never gotten more than 10, 15 minutes into it. I just can't get into it. And Frogtown 2, you know, much respect to Robert Zadar. Much respect to Denise Duff and Brian James and Char- Charles Napier. Some really great, you know, oh, shit. genre actors. Oh, good cast, though. Good God. It's Lou got Ferrigno. They have Lou Ferrigno. Rhonda Shear. Rhonda Shear's in it, you know, for briefly. Oh, uh, well, that makes sense. But she's uh, fuzzy, isn't so, she? Oh, yeah, she's a... Uh, God damn, it's such fuzzy. a bad movie. Fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy the computer. Because Charles Napier tries coming on to her at one point, even though she's just a computer. He's like, anybody ever tell you you got a sexy voice? She's like, well, you're the first person today. And I'm like, is he really trying to fucking smooth on a fucking uh, computer program? But, you know, it's Charles Napier. But I'm just going to say this about Frogtown, too. I, like I said, much respect to the late Robert Zadar. But whoever thought it was a good idea to have Robert Zadar come in and take over the role of Sam Hell from Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, that they, they should have... They should, they should have their eyes taken away from them. They should have their yes. hands taken away from them. They should, they should have their life snatched right from their body. That was just the worst decision ever. They should have their balls pounded flat with a wooden hammer. They should have one of I those med tech fucking, uh, you know, crotch rocket things put on it. Oh, I, I got something to say about that in a second, but it seems like... If you aren't using the word hell in the title, you should have just made a different character altogether. But well, the thing I, is, they completely ignore the events of the the first movie. They protect. They they have some like you know winks and nods to it, but it really has nothing. Sam Hell, you know, Denise Duff plays Spangle, and Robert Zadar, pl- Zadar plays uh, you know Sam Hell, and there's references to Toadie, and they go to Frogtown and everything. But it really has nothing to do with the first movie. It's just like it was like a six-year-old got a crayon and a do-it-yourself coloring book and just said, "Hey, do do your worst job of recreating this movie." Uh, it's not a, only that, but it, it totally. You you look at the first Frogtown and it's a wasteland. They got some moving vehicles and shit like that, you know. But for the most part, it's pretty random shit. Yeah. Then you get into Frogtown it, it's dilapidated sudden, buildings and deserts. <laughs> and then Fro- Frogtown 2, all of a sudden the buildings look better. And not only that, we have jetpacks. How the fuck do we have jetpacks? Why didn't we have jetpacks in the first movie? Yeah, the whole movie you know was why? about jetpacks. <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that jetpack garbage. They were trying to rip off the Rocketeers, what I think they were trying to do. Oh, 100%. But, really? Yeah, it's it's really bad. Like it, it's virtually impossible to find copies of it on DVD. Go well over a hundred dollars. It's not streaming anywhere. But folks at home, if you really are masochist and you really want to, like, torture yourself, you can watch it on YouTube, like I did. And I wouldn't recommend it. But you know, hey, you know, we watch certain things like that, so you don't have to. And I'm telling you, you folks, you don't have to. It's a plate full of hot vomit. But that's yeah. that's about. <laughs> But I, I don't, I, I don't oh, know that shit. I, I don't know that I want to give it any more any more press any more you know <laughs> time on our hands. But I have one yeah. question though: Am yeah. I imagining that that uh, a subtitle of that somewhere else was Toadie's Revenge? I could have sworn I remember Toadie's Revenge being a subtitle. 
it might have been I didn't pay enough attention because <laughs> it wasn't worth the attention. Because when I saw what it was called, IMDb, I was like, hold up. I thought that was called Tony's Revenge because at the end of the movie, he had, well, I don't want to give too much away, but he gets sort of like dismembered slightly, but I don't think he actually gets shown being killed or shown dying. I don't think he gets shown dying. So I, yeah, I, mean, so he, I thought he gets I remember his arm for cut sure that it was so, yeah, he gets his arm cut off and he falls over the edge of the cliff. But, you know, how these movies are, you know, that, that, that just because you see somebody go over the edge and fall, because we've seen My- Michael Myers fall a thousand times and, you know, he, he gets right back up. So Tony could have got back up. Uh, I missed the conversation. I wanted to take I got kicked off of Skype. Oh, oh we, were, we were we were talking shit about Frogtown, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, and uh, uh, Corey was saying that he had thought that the the tagline for the the subtitle for Frogtown Two was Toadie's Revenge. We were trying to figure out if that indeed was the case. No, it's Return to Frogtown. Frogtown Two. Ah, Jesus! Okay. I can't imagine because I could even swear that I saw sort of like a not a thumbnail because it was before that stuff. But I could have sworn that I saw Toadie's. Maybe that was just something they put up on Rhonda's screen. And it wasn't the actual name. She was just saying that. But another um, movie got into production and then ended up not making two. That's possible. Uh, I, I mean, wanted to you, bring up. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you, you, see, you get into that third movie, man. It looks like, I mean, straight up, it looks like somebody went out to the desert with their camcorder and recorded a movie for 90 minutes. Oh, my <laughs> it's God. Horrible. It's horrible. I wanted to bring up uh, Sam Hell's wardrobe. I love his fucking outfit in that movie. Because he has that, that sort of... I don't know if they were using the sash, kind of like the in-between-the-legs, like long loincloth sash thing to cover up. Maybe he couldn't wear that uh, chastity belt bomb all the time. Yeah, and that's that might have been it. That. But no, I was pretty dug the hell out of it. <laughs> it's permanently on there. They, that's for quick access, man. It's like you need to perform in the field right now. You ain't got time for jeans, soldier. Pull that thing out of the lap and get going. If he had, um, because he didn't have bare legs, wasn't he wearing jeans? Uh, you know what? I didn't man. really pay attention to that. I think <laughs> that he was wearing the jeans and then the chastity bomb and then the sash. That's the way I remember it. Yeah, that's the way I remember it too. And didn't he have like a sheriff's badge? On he did. Too? He had a sheriff's yeah. badge. He had that that weird jacket too that that was just really weird and had like bows and shit on it that was really strange. Right. But I liked it. Which well, I not- always thought that there was like a, a story behind every little piece of flair that he had on there, but they didn't have a chance to go into all of it. I was actually surprised they took the time for the locket. Yeah, he just worked. Yeah, that, that was a, a nice touch. Yeah, I thought it was a great one. He's just a server at Bennigan's, and that's his 15 pieces of flair. (laughs) (laughs) Pharma, what's the name of that place where all that shit's on the wall? (laughs) You talking about shenanigans? You eat shenanigans? So help me God. Let's still whip the next man that says shenanigans. I did think that the the chastity bomb was a little cheap-looking. Yeah, I think for yeah, it, it was. As, good, as good as the frog heads looked, I thought that the chassis bomb was a little cheap looking. Yeah, well, but, first and foremost, the government never abbreviates. 
<laughs> they, never, they say government property, not GOV apostrophe T. Yeah, so, but maybe they were actually, maybe like, if you knew what, what it actually was, that they were just sort of adapting it to make it into that, maybe that was supposed to be part of the joke. Maybe that's some kind of apparatus that I can't even, that I don't recognize and it was supposed to be funny. I'll tell you what was great was if we're talking about wardrobe, let's talk about Tori's wardrobe. That armor, they if you look real close at it, it's like a steel plate from rebar, like uh not rebar, but uh the metal. It's the diamond stuff, right? The yeah. diamond plating. Yeah. yeah, diamond plating, thank you. And it's made it's also made out of rubber tires and a Mercedes freaking pendant that's oh, yeah. holding his Yeah, tape dude. I meant to bring up like the, the flavor flav like fucking Mercedes pendant. Yeah, I meant to bring that up too. <laughs> oh, the Mercedes pendant was awesome. Yeah, that whole fucking wardrobe, it's like a post-apocalyptic armor. That's what I want to see. Tire armor. Because there's going to be Oh, hell yeah. And it would be good. And it would be sturdy. It's like fucking zombie apocalypse movies. How come nobody ever makes tire armor? Uh, If I may, Demolition Man had a ton of tire armor. Yes, Demolition Man did. Have you ever attempted to make some? I have. And it's a pain in the ass with those fibers. Cut the shit out of me. Shit. Yeah. So there you go. But here's some uh here's some headcanon for you. What if Toadie's uh armor was made out of the skateboard from Gleaming the Cube? <laughs> oh shit. Gleaming Hell the Cube. God, yeah, baby. I've been planting all kinds of seeds tonight. Oh good God. Are you are, are, are you our Sam Hell? <laughs> yeah. Remember, because if a part of medtech making babies is our business, our only business. No, okay, can you, uh, can you guys name his? He's got a catchphrase. Sam Hell has a catchphrase. I was looking all over the movie for one. And he's got one. Do you guys know what it is? Eat lead, Froggy. <laughs> that's my te- that, that's my vote. Okay, the reason why I say this one is because he says it at least twice. If we're here, we might as well. He says that twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's like, well, we're here, we might as well. Yeah, he does do that, doesn't he? Yes, Which I think yes. that is such a shucks, uh, that's such a shucks thing to say, where he's like, well, because I think that's what Rowdy Roddy brings to this, where he's just like this guy in this situation. And, and you look at the guy and you're like, this guy never gets a chance to sleep. Because everyone is constantly either trying to kill him or trying to fuck him or trying to Tim fuck somebody else. Never stops. And he's, he's always like, oh, could you? Could? He's, he's that like that accent comes out every once in a while. Oh, could you leave it alone? <laughs> you know, imagine how raw he's got to be down there. Everybody he meets either wants to kill him, eat him or fuck him. You know? <laughs> Like yep. when he runs into the oh, contact, did when the contact research what that shit was. What's that? Did anyone research what that green shit they were eating actually was? 
No, I, I tried looking into it, but it I found no no trivia about that whatsoever. It, it looked like fucking what do they call a Watergate salad with the pistachio pudding and pineapple yeah. and shit. Yeah, the ambrosia oh, salad. I forgot to put the chef in here. The bear is here. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I'm stuck in the fucking freezer, man. Damn. Help me. Help me, please. So, this is a slight diversion, but I just want to ask you about the bear, the guy from the bear and, the, and from uh, Shameless. I feel that he is the Sean Penn of this century. That's me. That's just me. Why, has he been knocking out reporters? No, but he's been fucking Madonna. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's he does kind of look like a younger, less 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 douchey Sean Penn. Yeah. He's supposed to be playing, uh, bringing it back to wrestlers and stuff. He's supposed to be playing one of the Von Erichs in a Von Erich biopic. Dude, I can't even tell you how, how pumped I am. But anyway, anyway sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to avert you. But talking about the fucking plastic surgery freaks, what about the uh, the that exotic dancer frog lady? Oof. Oof. Yeah, rough. I think that's rough. the worst makeup in the entire movie. Yeah, and it, I, I, what I understood, they put the most work into that. They put three hours of work every day into putting her into the makeup, and it took between a half an hour to 90 minutes to get her out of the makeup every day. Can we sit here and appreciate just for a minute that somebody got paid to fucking make frog tits? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wang. Well, okay, so let me ask Wang Wang. I mean, he had to have a good time. That's got to be a fucking dream job. You just go into the office one day and be like, okay, what do we got an order for? Uh, we need you to make a pair of light guns for this movie. We need you to make a monster suit for this movie. And we need you to make a fully formed frog, including tits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, and and also taking it back to what we were just talking about with poor Sam Hell, like, you know, being used and abused, like he had like one point even tells, you know, her, she's trying to get with him. She's like, Oh, everybody knows about you. You're the the great warrior. You're you're a legend. You're a hero. And he's just like, yeah, but you know how t- it gets a little taxing after a while, you know. Like, I have to say, I, I have a question for you guys though. I, it seemed what uh, it seemed like with her. What was her name again? Bridget or something? Oh, Arabella. Arabella. Oh, okay. I didn't catch on that at all. Yeah, the um, um, she was played but, by an actress named Christy Summers. I wrote that down. Yeah. That that sounds like hard bodies too, or something. Um, she. It seemed <laughs> to me. I don't know how you guys feel about this? But it made me wonder about everybody because it seemed like with her, she was much more of a hybrid. Because when you see her sort of like trying to mount him. Her what she's wearing is kind of sheer, so it just looks like a human body with frog hands and frog face. So yeah. I didn't know if she was supposed uh, to be like the offspring. They kind of sort of touch on that in Frog Two. Um, if you look at oh my god, he's calling it Frog Two. That sounds like Body Bags Two from True, <laughs> True Romance. Body Bags yeah. Two. <laughs> yeah, oh, if, like I said, I more taste in my penis. That's the yeah. line I was searching for. Thank you. If, yeah, if you take a look at the second movie, there's a makeup shot of somebody clearly not wanting to do a bunch of makeup work on this movie, so they just painted an actress. 
frog colors with the frog spots and stuff. So, I oh shit, green face. They yeah. put her in green face. That's against the fucking law, man. You can't yeah, do man. that. There's gonna be fucking lo- everywhere. And I, I remember uh, reading a couple of reviews on this over the last couple of days in preparation for this. There were people complaining about them using the phrase "greeners" to describe the toads, aka the frogs. They kept calling them greeners. They said that was racist and misogynistic. And I'm trying to figure out where that where Wait, that lies. What? I, okay. Yes. Well, see, this is where people don't understand shit. There are certain things for movies that have to follow in order to make them good. What makes Hell Comes to Frogtown good is, one, it looks like a damn comic book. It even motifs itself as a fucking comic book and more or less the action sci-fi genre. You know, the slapstickness of the silly one-liners, the frickin' action, the weird frogs. It's, it's all there. But the two most important things for a good movie that looks like a comic book and does this sort of out-of-the-normal atmosphere is lore and lexicon. Yes, agreed. Completely agreed. And Dude, I that, wish I had two more arms to clap for that. And without your lore, you have no story. Without your lexicon, you have no language. And I'm sorry. if you, The opening start of this movie is brilliant, by the way. It's one of the best fucking... It cracks me up every time I see it because... Are you talking yeah. about the opening with uh, poor squid lips? Before, no, 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 no. Even before that, when the narrator's talking, during this year, a disagreement arose. Boom! Nuclear weapons. Oh, um, you know what, dude? I'm glad you brought that up. I loved... Because there's a lot of wit in this movie, and it doesn't hit you over the head. I love that where it's like... And they didn't quite agree. And then you see it's like mushroom cloud. Like, yeah, that's fucking great. I guess fucking not. <laughs> I wrote one of the I lines down. Say. I wrote one of the lines down and it said the leading experts at the time believed a nuclear war would only involve the exchange of a few bombs. And then the suitably horrified combatants would sit down at the peace table. What? Who the fuck? And where? Why? How? <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, but lexicon is very, very, very important with that. And when you have something like that event, you're going to have people, okay, these mutants rise up. People are obviously do not like change. And yes, right. it's supposed to have racist overtones. They are a slaved race. Why? Because they popped up after the nuclear war and man went, well, they're not human. But they're humanoid, so they don't have any rights. Fuck them. Put them to work. Yep. And don't tell me it wouldn't happen that way. <laughs> oh, well, the human race are, are fucking horrible, you know, creatures <laughs> as, as it is. I was going to say, I was going to use one of my least favorite phrases, but I'll say it in the air quotes here that you can't see. The hor- humans are inherent. Fucking racist and horrible fucking human being, horrible beings, you know. So this is the way it would happen. But you, like, I agree with you, Eric. You know, you got to have that lexicon. You got to have the lore. You got to have your own language. And I love a movie. Like, I'll revert it back to another full moon movie that I love. It's like Trancers. That's a series I love. You know, like they talk about the Trancers. You know, which is a race of fucking you know psychic vampire kind of people. You know, and they use terms like squids and they use you know 
this terms and using their own lexicon and their own language to create that world. And if you don't have that, then your world is bullshit. At least that's the way uh, I feel about it. Skin jobs. Skin jobs in, in Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. Walkers. Yeah. Which, which I think is the worst. I, I hate walkers so much, but well they're not calling uh, them, they're not calling them walkers. If you if you remember in the story, they are the walkers. They're the walking dead. Because mm-hmm. they're they're the ones that are going to end up dead and it's just a matter of time. And they're gonna end up just I, like the rest of them. It seems like a lot of people got that wrong and it's irritated the shit out of me. But right, right. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention while we mentioned the comic book aspect of this was I think that it may have one of the best credit opening credit sequences of oh, anything I've sure. seen from this era. I love that two-tone. I mean, it's almost Saul Bass-esque where it's like two-tone thing. They're kind of like crossing over each other. It was it had a lot of spaghetti Western aspect to it. Uh, but it was colorful. I fucking thought it was great. Yeah, you know what else it has? The exact same intro for Law and Order. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, dude, that's dun, dun, totally dun, dun, like dun. that. Wow, good one. Yeah, I, 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 I had that in up. my notes. I I do love title sequences like this. I miss movies that used to do t- title sequences like this. And yes. the way it ends with just the wanted Sam Hell captured. And then it cuts right to William William Smith as fucking Devlin, just like mean in business with that bottle. You don't even hardly get to introduce to these characters, and he's smashing Roddy Piper upside the face with that bottle. Whew. Dude, yeah. I have to tell you, dude. I honestly, okay. So there was one thing I wanted to to mention with you guys. We're going like nonlinear. I have to bring it up now. Is there an extended, uncut version of this movie? Well, you know, not that I'm aware of because I watched it two different ways. I watched it on Tubi first, you know, because it was this easy. And I actually bought at uh, Flashback Weekend in Chicago back in August, a couple of months back, uh, at the beginning of the month. Uh, I bought the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. And it, it it's, I mean, a beautiful transfer, you know, up with 4K and everything. But there is no extra footage. I have never seen a director's cut with and, any kind of deleted scenes to this. Well, okay. there, you might be having a memory hole moment because there's like, for the longest time, I was telling people that Army of Darkness had a bunch of fucking scenes that were cut out. But I saw them and I saw them on TV. And this is before we had the fucking special features and all this other shit. This is still VHS days. So, you know, people are like, no, there's not. It's not different. I, so I ended up recording it on TV. And I'm like, look, that's not in the fucking VHS copy. <laughs> so I had two copies of Evil Dead that were totally fucking different. So there is a possibility that there is sequences in another version of Hell Comes Frogtown that was either made for TV or it was a longer cut. And it could have, you know, ended up, you know, just being lost over time. It could have been destroyed because of lack of care. It could have died in one of the studio fires. It could Good not point. Be- Good point. Well, you know, the and probably say- with the USA up all night cut, you know, might've had some, you know, extra footage, you know, to, to make up for the, you know, the nudity and stuff that they actually ended up having to cut out of the TV, you know, the TV version. So they might've had edited for times. So maybe you're right. Well, you're well, right. Well, what, the reason why, but what I'm, 
the reason why I mentioned that is this. And I want to see what you guys have to say about this, because for as much as I love this movie, it seems like it feels like on this watch, because like when I would have watched it before, there would have been commercials for USA up, up all night and all that stuff in between. Um, with this watching, with this viewing, it felt like there were gigantic swaths of action gone and gigantic swaths of character gone. It felt like I I can't even say that it seems like it's sort of um heavy on the on the front end. For some reason, it feels like there ought to be much more movie than what's here. Because if you think about it, they go to Frog or they um, they find the girl in the de- they okay. So he gets caught. He's with Devlin. All that stuff. He gets strapped up, and then they go out in the field. They're in the desert. They find the girl. Then they go to Frogtown. And they meet Looney Tunes, they meet Leroy, the the awesome um, uh, uh, the awesome uh, Sydney Green Street Casablanca fez uh, he was wearing. <laughs> right. That was great. Awesome, awesome, awesome uh, move there. But then he kind of gets hung up like Lethal Weapon, and Looney Tunes is running around with Bathsheba or whatever her fucking name was. And then they do the. I mean, I guess that the it kind of moves ahead toward the harem and then they're like out and then he he meets up and has the showdown and then it's fucking over. I remember thinking, Jesus, this movie needs like another half hour on it. Yeah. And it's rare that I ever, I I say the same thing because I I think it's rare that I ever watch a movie and like, wow, I'd like to see another half an hour of that. Because, dude, there should have been, especially if you're going to name, if you're going to, because in the, in the, um, actually, I think it's in the credits, too, where, um, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but, did you hear that? Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> that was two semis, that was two semis almost colliding. Um, but I, I remember thinking, if you're going from Captain Devlin to Count Sodom, like, <laughs> His his other persona was named Count Sodom. Awesome fucking name. Yeah, awesome but was, name. But I have a problem with that character. I'll I'll let I'll let you finish what you're saying. But I got a problem with that some, character. He doesn't hit anybody in the rear. No, um, no. It, it's just the fact that they were trying. It's real brief, but it's like that. Was anybody ever fooled by his disguise? I'm like even do his modulated voice. I knew that was William Smith all the way. Oh my right. god! You can't, his voice is you know the um. You know the coach from uh, from Major League. Oh, he was oh, also Jack Gammon. Yeah, he was in Silver Bullet. Both of those guys, for some reason, their voices went to gravel hell and then returned from the dead. Both of those guys have uh, voices from the pit of despair. So there's no way that that any sort of gas mask is going to hide you. But with Count, with uh, with Count Sodom, there should have been. It seems like. For him, especially because of how bloodthirsty Sam Hell is, like in the final showdown, he's got blood all over his face. Like he's wanting to rip people's fucking heads off. Like he is fucking pissed. So it seems like with Devlin or Sodom, like maybe Devlin had that other persona, like in the war also. Maybe he was like a war profiteer or like a double agent. There should have been something where those two guys had a history. Yeah, they, I they think that it was history. wasted. Yeah, they, they could have definitely fleshed out the movie more. And the fact that he made two sequels that were 
shit-tastic proves that he could have fleshed him out better. But if you look at the release dates on him, too, like one was 1996, and then the next one was 2002. So, you know, it's like... Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why Frogtown had to... I, I would have liked to have seen the world and not even had the sequels revolve around Frogtown. It could have been like uh, the rise of Count Sodom. I mean, what the fuck? There's so, there's a lot to do. You, you could yeah, have done a lot of shit. World or something. Then, something. Right. This is a movie that definitely needs a remake. <laughs> oh so who man. Who would you get to play? Who would you get to play Sam Hell though? They've already fucked that up. With having Robert Zadar oh, in, in the sequel. That is a tough call. That I would almost uh, think uh, of Cena. Oh God, no, no, God, no, no, uh, veto, veto. <laughs> he looks like Ernest P. Whirl, and now that, <laughs> now that somebody pointed out that dude, looks, that is such him. a great idea. That is such a great idea. What if it was like John Cena is like Ernest goes to Hell World or something? Ernest goes to Frog Town. <laughs> Okay, you convinced me. I, I've cha- you've changed my mind in a matter of thirty seconds. I, I, I think you've convinced me. You mean well, making an earnest? No, I got I got to pick apart one little thing about this movie. Like I want to say this. I'm like I love Piper, love him to death. But don't you think his character as Sam Hell should have read the fine fine print on that contract that he was signing? Because I don't think he did. But of course he did. No. He's a- He's like, oh, I'm going to get out of this shit? <laughs> okay. What do I got to do? Lo- Fuck to my mom. I love mom. it when he tries to get away. When he tries to get away from them. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go over the hill to that bush over there. And they're like, no no escort? No nothing? He's, they're like, no, you're not getting very far. But re- Piper's reaction, he can sell pain like it's nobody else's business. I mean, it's... Oh, you know, yeah. Like when that thing is fucking, you know, electrifying his unit... So to speak, he's selling that like it ain't nobody else's business. He can sell a hit like nobody. I think he especially did it well when he was hung up in, uh, you know what? I sometimes get Bull and Toadie mixed up. It was Bull that had him hanging up, right? Yeah. Yeah. When he's getting shocked in there, I think that's the best sell of all. Like, it's killing me! Like, I I bought it. I totally bought it. Well, yeah, he straight up, like, cut it off at that fucking point. <laughs> Get it off, mate! Cut it off! <laughs> I, I love it, like, when, when Bull does finally take it off him and he's holding it by his face. He's looking at him. He's like, I see, I told you, med tech, and you're a bunch of liars and all that. And then and Piper, for just that split second, is like, huh, those lying fucking b- bitches. Those well, lying bitches. And then blows up right in Bull's face. I love that part. That is one of my fucking that, best. That is a great scene. And now let's let's go from a great scene to a shitty scene. All right, talk, all right. Let's talk about the anticlimactic ending of this movie, which is Roddy Roddy Piper with a fucking bazooka that does absolutely. Oh, man. They does. They that don't let like him budget. fire the bazooka. They, they didn't have the budget for an on-screen explosion. I think it was. Yeah. And apparently not because they come back and the car is exploded in different pieces. Oh, it's I like, forgot. I almost forgot. One of the one of the additions to his fucking wardrobe is that fucking katana. Yeah. Where the hell did that come into play? That was so funny. That just came out of nowhere. I totally thought that he was be, going to be decapitating motherfuckers with that thing. 
he does dismember a motherfucker, but he doesn't decapitate anybody. No, nobody's kappa gets detated. How how awesome! How great would that have been if he would have flipped top headed that fucking frog head? That would have been great. <laughs> he slits him awesome. right across the mouth. He's like flips backwards. That would have been awesome, man. I think that this this I think this movie was hamstrung by the budget. If they had had like thirty thousand more, I think that they could have uh, and get like a real maybe get uh, Nicotero and those guys in on this. Were you ready for There's the dick? Been, do you know again? what the movie budget was? One point five. You're at what the fuck? It was originally supposed to be. Wasn't it supposed to be like three million, and they cut it down to one or one and a half, like last minute. Yeah, one, okay. they cut it five. It seems like they could have done a lot more with that. They really could have. But the, you the, think that it was like the desert shoots was like fucking them up? You think that was the money? No, because deserts you can shoot for fucking free out there. People have been doing that since the fucking sixties with Star Trek. I guess you know, what I'm saying is, do you think it has to do with like keeping everybody cool, keeping everybody hydrated, shelter? Yeah, yeah that like, my... like whatever the fuck they were doing. To a what degree, the hell? but that much money. There was that even then though. There wasn't, but like, I'll I'll give it, you know, for I'll give it a decent amount. Say seven days, seven days shooting in the desert. That's not very much. No, what, I'm wondering where that money went. Well, you know, and it didn't go to the effects because the effects guy only got twelve thousand dollars to do all the frog makeup effects. So if we spent twelve grand on that. Where's the other nine hundred and $90,000 yeah. gone. And Piper wasn't pulling in. He, I mean, what do you think he made on this thing? Like 100000 I think Piper probably got top bill followed by Brigid Bergman. Yeah, he might have got he might have got a hundred grand. He, he might have been about ten grand a day or something like that. This I'm I'm purely speculating. Well, this is not. Well, let's see. This was 1988. So he had in his new world too. I mean, they knew how to be economical with their shit. Like that, but that's around the time that he fucking brained Jimmy Snooker with a coconut, and then <laughs> fucking <laughs> left for a while. Yeah, Which, he, he strategically you know, left the wrestling business after that for a little while, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, I mean, when you fucking accidentally fucking full-on blast somebody in the head with a real coconut, don't realize how hard it is. And <laughs> fucking Jimmy Snook had brain damage for the rest of his fucking life. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised when you said that uh, They Live was almost simultaneous with this because I remember thinking that he looked much bigger and much better in no, They Live. Uh, Frogtown came out in like three, four months before they lived. Yeah, so and it didn't have much of a theatrical release. I didn't. I don't think it was in very many theaters either. No, it was very briefly short. brief run in theaters. I mean, I, I, I think I told you before about like the truck stop of the damned. I didn't think about it at the time, but I would love to have because I was wanted it to be like, you know. Uh, Pork Chop Express is driving around and they pick up Ash Williams on the side of the road and he's all jacked up and they go to the truck stop and Grandpa from fucking Lost Boys is there and Reggie's there and all these kind of like the electrician from House 2 is there <laughs> be great if Sam Hell like at the end of the movie there's like a portal that opens up and like frogs are chasing him out and he's like we gotta go you guys is fucking rowdy rowdy that'd be great man that might end up having to be a man animated or like a comic book or something. 
fucking comic book, or you know what else would be good for that? A fucking horror fighting game like Street Fighter. <laughs> dude. That would be so fucking cool, man. And then, oh, dude, oh, that Leatherface way. Fucking Ash for a chainsaw battle? Come on. Dude, check it out. If both people wanted to be Ash, one's Ash and one's Bad Ash from exactly. Army of Darkness. There you go. There you yeah, go. Awesome. You know, even, even have little fucking top bottoms. Little goody goosies. Little goody goosies. Good Ash right could there. do the whole good bad on the guy with the gun. Right. Oh, yeah. Fucking A. But I but, think that with this movie, you need something like. I mean, imagine if you got William Hickey in there and he was like the old sage frog and he was like half fucking dead. Like, yeah. think if there was some kind of fucking thing where like if he goes there to get those girls out, but it turns out that the the frogs actually needed them for a good reason. It seems like there, there could have been more happening. There could yeah, have been more of a reason. They get in. And they're there, and then they get out, and it's over. And I'm just like, man, the fuck? It's it's over way too quick. And, like, you know, this movie it has one of the main staples of, of a Wasteland-themed film, of any kind of Mad Max-themed era kind of movie. It has a, has a, a road chase, uh, you know, in the desert. But it's over in, like, two minutes flat. Yeah, uh, it, one of the reviewers that I was watching when I'm doing my homework so that I kind of try not to, you know overlap the same things that everybody else is saying about the movie you know so i try to pick those key points out but one thing that did stand out to me is that he said that if you look at this movie and then watch mad max fury road he wonders if the fucking guy that made fury road was a fan of fall comes to frog town (laughs) it makes me wonder if george miller's ever seen hell comes to frog town it, it does yeah, because you do got the whole thing with about you know the evil warlord having a harem full of women and, and trying to repopulate the world. Yeah. Oh shit! That's why he can't show. That's why uh, a Morton Joe can't show the lower half of his face. It's a fucking. It's a frog dewlap under there. There you go. No, Morton Joe is really Sam Hell gone bad. Oh, now you're talking. Fuck yes. Oh, one more thing about the video game thing. While I thought of it, can you there imagine you the fuck? juggle combos you could pull off with Ash Williams with a boomstick and a chainsaw that fucking match would, <laughs> would never touch the floor. I think that uh, in that realm, if you had Reggie in there, they would almost have the exact same uh, arsenal happening. Reggie would have the quad shotgun and the fucking homemade smoke bombs and the fucking grenade on a string and shit like that. <laughs> well, he'd have the smaller <laughs> chainsaw. He'd have like the pistol chainsaw. Yeah, oh, yeah that those, those, those Dennis Hopper chainsaws from Massacre 2, you know. I was going to say, um, would, you put, would you put that sheriff guy at the uh, truck stop, too? Oh, fuck yeah. You'd have to put Lefty in there. It just seems like a natural. I, maybe maybe that's my maybe that'll be my dream project to do that comic or that, that animated thing. Because I, I just think it's too good to pass up. But oh. the licensing would be insanely stupid, so I'd have to be like a fan thing. But uh, yeah, you'd have yeah, to do I it purely that, for just shits and giggles. I, I would have to say that that's that's, and a lot of people would kind of be like, "Dude, this is a B movie. Why do you want more from it than than what you love and what it is?" I think that it's it's get it's it's stuck in my craw because it seems like there's so much potential to have even twenty minutes more. 
I think would be enough to give it a little bit more meat in the sandwich. Uh, and I think that it might have a, a, a tiny bit more. I think the reason why is because Rowdy Roddy is taking this shit seriously. I think he really is trying to be a sense. He's done some sensitive shit. He was like totally believable when Looney Tunes died. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and let's talk about that. Like that was one of the things that I found disappointing in it that they had to kill like, you know, Looney Tunes or Rory Calhoun, you know, as unceremoniously as they did. It's gonna help it, buddy. It's gonna. Did he get shot off screen? Yeah, I saw yeah. him. I saw him spry running around, and then all of a sudden, I want to say Centennia brought him in. Sentinella. Sentinella. Um, she brought him through the door and then all of a sudden he was hurt and I missed that. I can't, I don't remember how the hell that happened. Well, he, st- he stayed back behind. He says, I'll cover you, you know, and then he's firing, he's laying down suppressive fire. He's covering them. And then next thing you know, as they're loading everybody up into the, you know, the, the pink labia mobile and <laughs> the, labia mobile. I love it. That, that he comes stumbling through. He's got like a shot to the arm. You can tell he's got some blood on his arm. But then as they're riding away later on, the I think it's uh, Sentinella has got her hand behind his head. She pulls her hand away and it's covered in blood, but it's like there's no head wound. So it's either he got shot in the back of yeah, the head or I, I, I it just ha- happens so unceremoniously on camera. I think I dropped shot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, I think they dropped a shot on that one because I, they didn't they didn't they didn't broadcast it, and it was kind of like what the fuck. Uh, I just thought of a um I thought of a missed opportunity. At some point, Sam Hell could or um maybe not. I guess it would have had to have been Spangle that said it, but like Sam Hell's like having a conversation with that girl, and maybe Spangle says, "Hey, read the wound." Excuse me. I mean, like, but when they unceremoniously kill Looney Tunes, go to Rory Calhoun, like, off camera. Well, I mean, he dies on camera because he has that great last line. Uh, what the hell was it? Uh, I sure hope heaven is as good as this. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Or something along those lines. It's pretty close. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. I, I'm not so sure that it was as well crafted as what you just said. I think that I it was something like. Order. Oh, I sure hope heaven's I, this good. I sure hope something like that. Okay, that's what it, yeah, that's the right line. Because it's like, as Which, soon as the moment he, when he says, I'll cover you, get out of here, you know he ain't going to make it. Oh, yeah, but, that's the classic semaphore for that guy's about to get. Yeah, it's one of the classic tropes. And it also, a cinema sin, fucking don't kill your characters off screen. Don't damage them off screen. Show them. Yeah, because I thought I was going crazy, but I, I definitely missed whatever damage he sustained. I knew that he stayed behind, but I, I didn't think that I saw anything actually happen. Oh, you didn't miss anything, because like I said, I watched this movie twice in prep, and I didn't 
it all happened off camera. So yeah, they, they should. So I, I did. I deduct a half a point from my out of ten rating on that one. I mean, I would have supposed that what Looney was talking about was sort of like his family was there. Like when he died, everyone, which is to say, Sam Hell, and maybe uh, it seemed like he was sort of starting to have a relationship with Arabella. But it, it was almost as if, like, the people he cared about in that moment were there, and that's where the heaven part came from. But I, 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 I thought it was ma- mainly because he had a bunch of scantily clad women around him, but maybe I'm Oh, you that. know what? I didn't even think about that. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. That might have well, been giving Looney Tunes a little bit more credit than we probably should give him. <laughs> I was wondering about sort of the... Um, I guess you could say sort of like the lineage of everybody because they kind of made it out as if Looney Tunes was like the surrogate father of Sam Hell. But yeah, I kind of got that a little bit. So the timeline, let me see if we jive on this. It seemed like Sam Hell was just sort of like a normal dude. And then whatever this disagreement war that happened occurred and he was in the midst of it and his daughter gave him the locket before he left and then in the the firestorm his wife and daughter both died and then it would have been post-apocalypse that looney found him or was it earlier than that or was it later than that you know i don't know it's not very clear is it well you see that's no there's a lot of problems with this movie and that's one of them they didn't flesh out a lot of things like roddy roddy piper's character in the beginning of the movie like, you kind of have to put two and two together that it's like, oh, is, well, did he sexually assault this girl or didn't he? And it's like, no, it's pretty clear that he did. <laughs> and the only reason that she changed her story was because she got pregnant. So, you know, they they kind of need to clarify that. They need to, you know, they need to clean that up a little bit. That gets kind of lost in translation. I guess that because was uh, her, so, so the daughter, yeah, so, I mean, that should have been, I mean, how great would that have been? That would have been such an easy fix. Because remember how we were saying that, like, Devlin and him needed to have, like, a connection or whatever? If yeah. Devlin was his superior officer, and since he right. was kind of, like, good with Devlin, he gets in with the daughter, and he impregnates her, and then she throws him under the bus acting like they didn't have a, actually have a relationship, and then Devlin wants him fucking dead because of that. Right, like that's like that would have been a perfect, really simple ass way that could have been uh, exposed right. during that little part in the thing. That would have been easy to do. Right, Looney Tunes, uh, uh, fleshing out the uh, relationship between him and Looney Tunes, how they know each other a little bit better. That would have been good. The friggin' the the med tech uh, stuff. It's like okay, so you you have this happening. But you're not telling us why it's happening. Okay. We have to take a lot of it on good faith, you know. They they captured Sam. Okay. How did they capture him? Why did MedTech, how did MedTech find out that this asshole has? All that stuff. It's just, it's very, oh, you know, they throw you in the, it's like you're, it's like going to the comic book store and picking up issue three of six and trying to figure out. Oh, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. That's a good way of putting it. That is a good way of putting it. It's like starting in like two, three issues deep on a fucking ten issue arc. Yeah, absolutely. Especially 
since um, he's supposed to be like infamous. Right. So how, how did he... because they really give him sort of like a snake Plissken aspect where like, he's got this like legendary status of all this shit that he's done. And they kind of make it out to be that it's all sexual conquest, but they also refer to him as a warrior. So it kind of seems right. like there's more to it than just the sexual conquest. You're going to make your main character a rapist. Okay, make him act like a rapist. Don't give him a fucking sensitive side. Rapists right. are not that's, why bought, that's why I always thought that was that girl's story. I thought it was like a um, To Kill a Mockingbird thing where they actually had something going romantically. And then she was like, but dad, because like, if you think about it, she's going to be more scared of Devlin than she is of hell. So I think that right. she that's was like, saying. they attacked me. But then, you know, then once kind of like this miracle occurs. So that almost sounds like she wouldn't have known about his, um, his, his legend, because if she would have known about his legend, she wouldn't have had that change of heart when this miracle to her, her getting pregnant occurs. Right. So that almost proves that she didn't know about his past. Right, exactly. This is where I'm saying they should have they should have waited a year, flushed their story out better. If they would have fleshed this out, there this could have been a big fucking hit. It really could have. I mean, especially if they would have gave if they would have gave the makeup department a little bit more money, they would have taken a little more time with their story, and they would have actually, you know, put in a budget for explosions instead of showing a rocket launcher and then going, Oh, you know what? Let's use a sword. We yeah, we gotta use we gotta use a sword and a desert eagle because we can't afford the, the missile launcher. Right. And then, and another thing I wish they would have like uh fleshed out because they, they touched upon it a little bit in the beginning and right there at the end is when Devlin, aka Sodom, is you know, all you know, they're you know the same character all along. And I'm not talking about that part, but basically he's doing all this to you know, he's selling arms to the frogs. So that he can get uranium to build one more nuclear bomb so he can have the, the nuclear bomb to blow up the world again and get rid of all the women because he's a raging misogynistic asshole. And Dude, that makes why? that fucking that is the that is the picture book of insanity. To think yeah. that they're yeah, yeah, it's a clean slate, but it's a really clean slate. With ain't gonna be nobody there. Like so what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. Now, what do you think is going to happen if you set off another one of those fucking things? You're not going to have anything to eat. You're already eating fucking crabgrass. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was that? What was that stuff that they were eating at? Uh, uh, oh, what was his name? Toadie's uh, Bar and Grill. There, they said it was ground up lizards and oh, it was crazy grass. shit. It was it was like tortoise fetuses, tortoise with, fetuses uh, and brown lizards or something ground yeah, up into a paste. Crazy. Mm, Which seems like not crazy because I mean, wouldn't it have been? I think that it would have been better had it been like insect mush because that would have made sense for the frogs and shit. And speaking of which, it is a major league missed opportunity that there wasn't a tongue. Uh, that because I mean, how cool would it would have been if he would have dropped his fucking shotgun and then you see this tongue come out and get it, and all of a sudden, fucking Toady has the shotgun. I mean, that would have made sense, right? It would have yeah. made sense, but they just, you know, again, they had twelve thousand dollars for all the effects. Uh, but the, where did the, where did that other one point, you know, four nine eight million dollars go to? <laughs> this I don't... might be the mystery, mysteries. Like I, I think that 
maybe he okay so no wait i have, I have a question isn't randall kaiser somebody is what isn't randall kaiser a director of note when it comes to like b movie horror uh because isn't it that's part of this yes rj kaiser i'm wondering if rj kaiser is actually randall kaiser because i thought that that was a guy i thought that i don't i can't get to my phone right now but i thought that randall kaiser was someone of note like he directed troll or something crazy like that well i looked up rj kaiser he did a lot of editing for stuff like the predator war of the planet of the apes Holy uh, shit! Deadpool, uh, Bad Boys for Life. He did sound department stuff on Intercel- Interstellar, Inception, Master and Commander. So yeah, he went on to do a lot. Well, would you mind looking up Randall work. Kaiser? Uh, we can come up. Yeah, right? look up. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. But in the in the meantime, I wanted to um, I wanted to say that it seems like so many things. I, it almost seems as if they thought that no one was going to take it seriously. But why would you go into a movie like that? Why would you want to make this empty? It just seems like, and that goes back to what I said before. It seems like there's a lot of shit that we don't know and a lot of shit that they could have done and a lot of things they could have shown. And it would have made it a little like, how cool would it, would it have been if like, what if the reason why the frogs hate humanity is because they're, they ended up being the food. Well, if the frogs were like the plentiful food source, so the humans that were left were actually hunting the frog people for meat. You know how much meat you would get from a human-sized frog leg? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Randall wouldn't that be a really... Because during the time that this movie was being made, Randall Kleiser was working on Big Top Peewee. Okay. Big Top Peewee. Okay, here, here's, a, here's a weird weird thought. What if... What if Sam Hell was played by B.B. Herman? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't see that, but I but I would love to have seen if Pee Wee Herman plays sort of like a um I can't remember what the name of the guy was, but like in Conan the Destroyer, where he had that little thief friend. Oh, I think oh, Pee Wee yeah. Herman Pee Wee Herman would have made a great sort of like sequel entry friend. Like maybe he was Looney Tunes' like son. See, I always kind of wondered, like, what th- that was part of again the, uh, the the backstory that I wanted to see was what was the history and what was, you know, you know, Looney Tunes to Sam. I know we okay, already. This is what I have to say. This is what came to mind. We were, I was going to ask you guys if you've seen Catch Twenty Two or not. Uh, I have, but God, it's been some motherfucking yeah, years. It's, it's been a while. But do you remember, like, the John Voight character where he was kind of like the guy who could get you what you needed? Yeah, 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 I do remember that. It seems like Looney Tunes would have been that guy in, the mil- in like, the, uh, the military organization that would have arisen during the, the war. And that's yeah, how they met. Definitely a smuggler or something. Right, exactly. I think that's that would have been their connection. Maybe it would have been a thing where he was trying to... Uh, he 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 hooked up with this guy because he was trying to get food to his family or something, and and this guy could like get it all happen and or make it happen, and then the nuclear shit happened. They had a connection right there at the table when they're first introduced to Looney Tunes and fucking the Fezzler and Lizard that I can't remember his damn name. Um, Leroy. 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 Yes. 
Uh, when we first introduced to Leroy Looney Tunes, they're talking about real beer. How do you get real beer in the apocalypse? Well, you get a smuggler, somebody to go yeah. into the places that don't have them. You know, and it was so, only slightly radioactive, right? Right, so right then and there. That also explains Robert Dazar's chin in the fucking second movie. Too many cores. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I so had an idea. Boy. I had an idea uh, that I, I was wondering what you guys thought of. If you were going to have, I mean, personally, the, the guy that came to mind. If you were going to do like a further Sam Hell, if you were like to bring him back from the brink for like a movie where he'd be aged up, I can't help it. It's it's Kurt Russell for me. I think that he would. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, if you're bringing him back, you have to go slightly out of the range of what the guy is. However, I would make. I don't know what the first movie would be called, but I know what the second movie would be called. Because Sam Hell has a, a daughter with Spangle, and she has her name is probably like Elizabeth or something, but he calls her Raisin. So she's the star of the second movie, and it would be like Raisin Hell and the <laughs> Raisin Hell and the uh, and the and the um, the the invasion of the Roachmen or something. Because I had the idea that. If you leave frogs behind, or at least like have frogs in the background of the next little bit, but they don't have to be the focus. But like Roachman would be the focus. So it'd be like, a little bit like Joe's apartment. Yeah, except there's like hybrid men roaches that are trying to like have their have their way in the world after it's all over. But something happens with race hell, and they're snorting raid like PCP. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's just a natural right there. And maybe have, like, I don't know, uh, uh, the girl from Hawkeye. I can't remember her name right now. But, although I guess it would have to be a blonde, wouldn't it? That eh, wouldn't oh, have to be. Samara. Samara Weaving. Oh, yeah, Grace yeah, Cal. yeah. Ready or not, yeah. Boom, baby, right there. Um, the daughter of Centronella. I think that uh, there's so much that a reboot or a or like a later later era sequel could do for this, and who knows who'd be there for it. But I just think there's so much more. There, it's not like a whole lot of um, like loose threads. It just seems like there's a lot of stones that are left unturned that they could have they could have fucked with like, I don't, it seems like you almost could have made up with the lack of budget with a little more story. Like, right. Right. It's my big complaint least... on this one because I remember loving it. And I, I would say my love in in hindsight has turned to kind of like, like I liked it a whole, I still like it a whole lot, but it just seems like there's a lot of story that I thought was there and it's not because it seems like there's a lot of boy and his dog DNA going on here. And you and boy, and his dog had a fuck ton of story by comparison, and that couldn't have been much longer, and it couldn't have had a bigger budget. There's no way. No, 
know. I, I'd be willing to bet money I don't have that there was not a bigger budget on that movie. But I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking of um, some things we glossed over, you know, uh, movie tropes, hero tropes and things that they do. Is Am I the only one that thinks that Sam pulling out that huge, like, wood-boring drill bit from Arabella's body probably did more harm than it did any good when he rips it out of her heart? Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, he could have left it in there, found somebody that was a doctor and had it surgically removed. I mean, I mean, maybe he saved her. Probably not. But it's just like, always oh, like, ooh, rip the arrow out. Rip the knife out. Like, no, no. That's the last thing you should do. So is it fair to say that she was gigged? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Bob. <laughs> uh, like but that. I think it, now, now that you, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't miss that, her. I didn't miss her. Like there wasn't enough to miss on that. Well, I, especially I, she, was, like, she was risking herself to do all that stuff. And then he was just, like, shooting off the fucking flares willy-nilly. Like, it seemed like it just amounted to nothing. Well, like, Arabella sells, sells, uh, sells, saves Sam just, you know, from, you know, what, just to be put down by Bull 30 seconds later. It yeah. just yeah. Doesn't, didn't make any sense to, to me. Well, not only that, but, well, Sam's the type of person where he doesn't really like the frogs very much, so she's collateral damage. What do I care what she survives or not? She was trying to hump me 10 minutes ago, and there ain't no way in hell that's happening. <laughs> he, he was willing to do it as long as she put that bag on her head. That might have been a double bagger, I'm just saying. He that's was, when there should have been some Cronenbergian like, body horror where it's like, okay, where am I even supposed to put this thing? Like, what's, Is there a cloaca? Like, what's happening here? Like, I don't even know where to go here. I mean, because if Toadie has uh, the three snakes or the three dicks, I okay, mean, okay, dude, we cannot. We that's gotta be. We gotta talk about that. Well, well yeah, let's talk about it. Well, especially the part where Spangled Drop kicks him in each of his three snakes, <laughs> <laughs> followed by so the best line the in the movie. Extra. I think at the, the best line the in the movie when uh, Piper comes in and yells, "Eat lead, froggies," <laughs> which right. I think is weak. I thought that in comparison to They Live, like, I don't think he nearly had enough. Oh, well, come on now. You can't compare I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum with eat lead froggies. The reason yeah. why the reason why I can and I do is because as far as I know, he came up with that. So I would if I if I knew what he was capable of, I would just let I would have done sort of like the Men in Black 2 Will Smith thing and let him just like roll and then pick the one I liked the best. Well, yeah, he did write the uh, the bubblegum line in They Live because I think he came with a notebook full of liners, one-liners that he... Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Eat Lead Kroger would have been better, but... <laughs> Frog, Froggy, I just... I don't know. On this one. I don't know. Oh, oh, let me ask you this. Was There wasn't a, uh, a marquee video game of Frogger in the bar, was there? That would have been fucking awesome. That, no, I think I would have noticed that. Yeah, I damn it, I that too. <laughs> damn it, that that would have been great to have had that. They spent all their trademark licensing on putting Coors beer in the in the movie. They couldn't <laughs> afford to put Frogger in there. Right. I'm surprised. What was the one that they always put in the uh, the full moon? Was that Schlitz? Yeah. 
like today. Oblivion and stuff. I thought I remember there was one beer that was all over the place in those movies. Um, but with no, the three okay, snakes now, thing, okay, go ahead. He's packing. He's been obviously because they're frogmen. They've been irradiated and stuff. It seems like they really for him to have three. I mean, I mean they. I mean they're not actual snakes. They're I mean like they're genitalia. We assume, but. For them to have done something so fucking radical with him like that, it seems like really short shrift for the other mutants in the in the wasteland. Because they, they kind of like set them apart. They say like the humans, the frogs, or the greeners, and the mutants. Because, I mean, his, his name is fucking Squid Lips, but we don't know. We don't know what's going on with those guys. They show him for a foot or like few, just a couple minutes. And we don't know because is that guy, there was a guy that has kind of like the goggle helmet <clears throat> in that moment. That's not supposed to be Count Sodom, is it? Because his, his headdress looks much different later if that's the same guy. No, it could have been. You know, it could have been a movie in continuity. Um, but yeah, that's talking- another thing that's not quite clear. I, I I don't think it was, but it could have been, as you said, Eric, it could have been a, you know, because it was very simple looking, but not quite enough. Yeah, this movie suffers from a lot of things, so it definitely could have been a continuity issue. It's going to be hard to tell. Like I said, you know, there's just so much that we don't know about this movie because, like, they're not going to backlog this. But interesting note, let me run this by you, gentlemen. We were talking about who would play Sam Hell nowadays. Now, a lot of People are gonna want to go the wrestler out, you know. It's like hey, you go the rock. Uh, oh, I'm tired. He's up franchises right and left. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm tired of seeing him in movies. I'm, I'm tired of seeing him. Period. But do you know what? Who has the meathead fucking thing going? But he can deliver a line. He has the comic value to do it. He's done it before, but he can also play serious roles. A guy that played Stifler. Oh, oh my gosh, Sean William Scott. I think, the, I think the price is right. He got pretty big for uh, the goon too. So yeah, he, he was really good. There was a. Uh, you ever see the movie Becky? Yeah. No, but it's on my, it's on my list. There's a so sequel don't, called don't, don't, don't the Wrath. For me. There's a sequel called the Wrath of Becky, and Sean William Scott is in that playing a role like I have never seen him play before. That uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I got to see bad. Yeah, but I think he could. I think he could pull it off. I agree with you. You know, I wouldn't have thought of that myself, but yeah, I have to agree with you, Eric. I think that'd be a good one. It would be very interesting. I don't. It almost seems yeah. like you almost have to leave yeah. Sam Hell out of it. Yeah, he definitely you have almost to. have to. You know, but you know what? <laughs> if good writing. You won't have to lead him. And that's the problem with this movie is that it, was, it wasn't good writing. You know, Piper put a lot of work into that, you know, which, you know, makes the performance good. You can tell he was really trying to go, okay, how do we polish this third? Yeah, and that's and that's really the, the shining point of this movie is Piper. He, he, like I said you know, before, he's charismatic. He's funny. He gives a heartfelt performance in some scenes, you know, like you said, Eric, earlier, you know, like when uh, uh, Looney Tunes is dying or when he's talking about his daughter and he's reflecting on the the pendant that he's got around his neck and he gives it to Sentinella. 
you know, he has some touching moments in it. This movie, you know, without Piper, to be quite honest, would be just another movie. It seems like with the Piper movies that people talk about, if he wasn't in them, they it, there's no fucking way that they would even be remembered most of the time, I think. Yeah, it's true. It's very uh, true. I think that he brings he brings so I mean I think that you can almost make it a package deal and say that you would have to have Rowdy uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David for They Live. I think those guys have to be a package deal with that. Uh, I think that their chemistry is insanely good in that movie, and I think that I mean I haven't seen like some of the lesser I haven't seen like Immortal. Hi, that Highlander ripoff or whatever he's in. Oh, oh I haven't seen Mortal Kombat. That's actually pretty damn good. It's yeah, got it's Sonny, pretty decent. It's got Sonny Chiba in it. It's got... Oh, I mean, shit. Really? It's got uh, The Ultimate Warrior is in it for a hot minute. Meg Foster. Okay, you in sold it. me. I gotta see that now. Because I haven't seen it. I'm just kind of talking shit because I just thought it was like a ripoff. But Tom yeah, it sounds, it sounds good enough to me. In it. I mean, it's, 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 it's great. It's great stuff. Got my man Sonny Chiba in it, man. Like uh, uh, this. I'll watch Sonny Chiba and absolutely everything. Yeah, he's Have great. You seen Have you seen what? Wolf guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wolf Cop or not Wolf Cop, but Wolf guy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Guy. <laughs> that movie is insane. I saw that for the first time on Joe Bob a couple of seasons back. That movie blew my fucking mind. I just think with somebody like Sam Hell, I think the Mummy franchise with Frasier mentioned this in the past I think that franchise would still be going today if they went into the other universal monsters instead of Van Helsing doing it I oh, think yeah. that's a major mistake I always I even made a uh, I made a poster dude I'll love to talk off air at some point about I had like a whole plan in the past of what they could have done with that it would have brought frankenstein and dracula in the invisible man would have been a henchman like it would have been all kinds of crazy shit i just think that that they made a gigantic mistake by thinking that the mummy was the part that they needed to return to because it was the it was jonathan and the ev and and uh rick those were the things that were important in that movie the mummy was yeah. awesome I think that you would have to find a guy who was kind of slimy like Benny, though. You'd have to have, I, I think you have to have that. But, well, uh, to but me, the it was just one. It was just one. I think they, they had such a plethora to go that you start running out of shit to do with the mummy if you're not careful. I mean, I'm at, dude, oh my God, this is the first time I've thought about this. What about in the second um, Rick O'Connell, Evie O'Connell movie? Instead of it being the mummy and the scorpion king, it would have been the rock as the Frankenstein's monster. That would have been insane. That would have been insane. Yeah, but the rock still would have ruined it. But he wouldn't have had to say the word, though. That would have been awesome. Um, But anyhow, I think with Sam Hell, you need to go to different places and do like the Roachmen. Like, you could do that. And you could have like the bat colony. Like there could be all kinds of mutated animals everywhere. Like that, that would have been so cool. And their frogs and the roaches would have been like natural enemies because of the insect tongue thing. So like, that would have been neat. Maybe Sam hell, like maybe Sam hell, like that's that William Hickey thing again. What if William Hickey actually enlists Sam hell 
to infiltrate the roach colony because like there's actually you know th- there's been like a peace treaty like there's all kinds of shit to do he yeah why to- why are we not I, writing this why are we not writing this right now we are writing this <laughs> <laughs> hell comes to roach town tm yeah i mean it, <laughs> i think that it could be in, because so it's hell comes to Frogtown, right yes so it could be like uh the roach men go to hell or, or the yeah, like it could if you're using the hell the naming convention again like you could fuck around with like hell or green water like there's there's all kinds of ways to go with it um the frog warrior i, I have to admit i i kind of like that one but um i mean isn't it a missed the, opportunity the, the, the title of it calling the sequel the toad warrior is, is a great title bad movie though well, oh it's the toad yeah yeah it's even better sorry i fucked up the toad warrior um i mean how cool would it have been they may have been screaming uh escape from la but how cool would it have been is when they strung him up toady's like you know fight time and he's kind of got uh He's kind of got Spangle like tied up like Leia over here, and then Sam Hell is forced to fight. What if he was forced to fight fucking Looney Tunes or something in the arena? Like, there's a lot of shit that could have been done right there, Ooh, especially if you have a wrestler. Yeah, maybe, having Rowdy Roddy Piper fight, fight Rory Calhoun would be one hell of a short fight. No, you know what, dude? It would have to be Count Sodom. And then when he like blasts him in the face, it would almost be like Blaster in Thunderdome. And then you'd—that's the how the reveal happens. He blasts that fucking helmet off his face and realizes that it's actually fucking Devlin under there. Oh, damn. see what could have been. Look, listen to that. I've been like, thinking I, about that for twenty I, I seconds. Watch, Look how easy that was. See, I, I watch movies all the time, and I don't—I half the time I'm always thinking about what could have been, even in the movies that I absolutely love. I, I will always think about what could have been and not what is. Right. I mean, you, have, looked, you have that William guy. He's already a fighter. He could have fought him right there. Like just just this bit of trivia that I know makes me think of what I just said uh, two seconds ago about the what, thinking what could have been and what what almost was. Did you know that Sybil Danning was originally considered to play Spangle, and that Pam Greer was briefly oh. was considered to play Sentinella? Fucking weak, dude! I would have flipped that over. Imagine Pam Greer in this movie, dude! Dude, I would have flipped that so fast. Danning would have been Sentinella. And and Pam Greer would have been Spangle because, let's say you you tie Pam's hair back, you have those big fucking uh, uh, Vicky Vale glasses. When she took those off and brought her hair down, that would be the transformation of the age right there. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What a missed opportunity, motherfucker! That yeah, sucks. That does. That is a that is a fucking sad sad day in cinema history. You know what a connection is? Connection to earlier. It would have been like Pam Greer on Royal Dano and fucking something wicked this way comes. There's the it's all coming around. Man, god damn it. What a waste. Jesus. Man, that would have elevated this fucking movie so easily. I'm yeah, almost yeah. sad that you told me that. That oh, is I'm such sorry. a 
better. That is such a better pairing. I can't even. Oh my god, unreal. That yeah, would have been better, so much better. Yeah, it's a better pill to swallow. Fuck. I think we almost had a movie where it would have had Roddy Piper, Sybil Danning, and Pam Greer in it. That could have what could have been. Man. All right. All right, I got I got one question for you guys because we're probably going to have to wrap up here in a little bit. Uh, I got to ask you guys if if you have one. If you don't, that's all right. But if you have one, what is your favorite line of this movie? And I'm going to give you mine. Uh, my favorite line of dialogue in this movie is when Bull says to Sam, "I got to tell you, you are one weird fucking dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. When he's screaming, "Cut it off! Cut it off!" <laughs> All right, uh, man, so, so I don't, oh, I don't know, who, I know. I've got mine. I've got mine. Ready? Yep. She didn't even brush her teeth. Oh, man. What about you, Eric? What, what you got for us? Uh, well, that was going to be my first one, wasn't she? Ah, uh, sorry. I was really searching around. I was you like, oh, what? that's got to be. That's okay. I have a backup. I have a backup. I always have a backup. <laughs> uh, it would have to so be the friggin'. It, it is. It's Tony. <laughs> you have around the three snakes. Come to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me. Sorry, so was Tony anybody? That fucking shot that they friggin' show of his fucking crotch when the stakes are getting aroused. It looks like fucking David Bowie playing with that spear ball in Labyrinth. Underneath uh, the loin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Commander Toady was an actor named Brian Frank. And I that sounds don't... like a, fa- a, face, a, fa- a false name. I think it may have been actually. Uh... Who's the other barbarian that kills uh, Conan's family? He ended up being in Mallrats. Oh, oh, um, oh shit! I should know this. Sven Thorsen was actually Tony, but they just put two people. They put just put two first names together. He was on a work visa. He wasn't work, working on anything with Arnold for, for the, you know, for the month. He wasn't play, He didn't have room to play an extra. He's like, yeah, I'll do Frogtown. But he kind of, it would have been nice to have seen maybe one, like, especially if they're out in the desert by the campfire and stuff. It would have been good to have seen one little introspective moment of, uh, of Sam thinking about his wife. Right. Or at least giving us some sort of flashback to you know the happier times with his wife and his daughter, something like that. You have to do the flashback, man. It's freaking been ten years. They died in a fire. It's been a nuclear populist. Just pull a fucking picture out of your wallet, and stare at it. Right, right, I want to right. see, see their flesh melting off their bones, uh, Terminator, Terminator Two style, though. Right. Uh, what Give could it have the been? Phone. Oh, there you go, dude. He could be on like. He's got some kind of remote phone that fucking Looney Tunes got for him. Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch, dude. Fucking how great would it have been if, like, some frog was right about to kill Sam Hell or, or uh, Spangler or something? And he comes up and says, that's all, folks, and blasts him away. Fuck. That would have been great. 
that's all, folks. And then the second movie, somehow you get Angus Grimm in there as like the head roach guy. I mean, I'm down for Angus Grimm in anything, though. But you know, Angus Grimm ain't doing much anything anymore, though. No, no, but we're we're talking about stuff that could have been done within a year or two after this movie came out. We could have had we could have had that. We could have had well, woulda, coulda, and shoulda. Well, you know, it'll never happen. But you know, we, we got Frogtown Two with Robert Zadar, and that's another story for another time. Hey, you're forgetting the most important part of uh, of the series, though, is when the Estevez brothers got involved. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Joe fucking Estevez, <laughs> the Gary Busey uh, of the Sheen slash Estevez family. Oh man, Gary Busey is Sam Hell's uncle. I mean, it's all right there. <laughs> way too much of the talking. Oh boy. Although, uh, actually, you can have Gary Busey. Oh, be yeah, like, yeah. He could be the king of the horsemen. There you go. That that's what you need. He's got the teeth right there. You wouldn't have to do any fucking anything. Yeah, no, no, you wouldn't have to. You'd be like, uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get off onto Gary Busey rant. I don't, <laughs> we've digressed way too much. <laughs> we've, we've talked would, about see one too many times on this show too. We've, we're all in agreement that whoever is making him act shouldn't be making him act. Al Pacino as Doctor Wombat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely a great time had by all on this one. Yeah, I have to agree. Well. To sum things up, you you guys know exactly how we do things around here. Uh, we usually do a final summary of our thoughts and a rating on a scale from 1 to 10. And just like our regular shows and just like our appreciation months, this is no different. So um, I'll put it to you, Corey, first. What is your What are your final thoughts on Hell Comes to Frog Town and a rating on a scale from 1 to 10? It's always a delight seeing uh, Rowdy Roddy in any any of these like wild ass situations he's in, and especially with this one, there was a lot of opportunity for wit, and I don't think they they didn't fall short in the wit department. I think they could have actually gone a little bit further, but it may have actually been better that they didn't in a lot of ways. I think there were some casting problems, and uh, and like my nostalgia meter really read this much higher than it was when I actually revisited it this time. And I think it's mostly just due to what we had spoken about, like the anorexic story of the whole thing, where it could have been so, uh, so easy to, to give a little bit more meat to everything, regardless uh, of it being what some would call like a B or C movie, but it's held in like really high regard. And we remember very, very fondly. I think that it was a, formative movie for all of us in one way or another for it not to have had a little bit more over the passage of time for us to kind of sink our teeth into in our adult selves and all that kind of stuff. I think there could have been so much more to it. Um, But the, the things that I've always loved about it were still there because I mean, Rowdy Roddy is, is just kind of, he's the axis upon which the whole thing like revolves. I mean, it's agreed. It's it's without him you you've got I mean even Tim Thomerson would have would have done a uh, a valiant it would have been a valiant effort but I think there's something about Rowdy Roddy Piper that gives this sort of 
I almost think that most of what Rowdy Roddy does is unintentional. I think he kind of brings this weird kind of like you don't I don't think he's even aware of the charm that he can have sometimes in these things. Uh, and if I have to say it kind of hurts a little bit, but I think I'm going to have to give this one a seven in like a new uh, sort of reappraisal of the whole thing. And it's just based on story. I think that with some of the things that we've come up with, some of the things we just kind of like expounded on and brainstormed with, I think that it could have easily shot up to a nine, like with very, very little budgetary concern at all. Uh, so I'm still wondering if they're like, if Vinegar didn't find any big swaths of stuff, it, it that, that really sucks bad because it just seems like this is an incomplete uh, thought. So, yeah. So seven out of ten. Uh, I, I I can yeah I can I can say this. It also it goes to a nine also just with the uh, uh, the uh, the kind of like the the retroactive casting of Pam Greer and Sybil Danning in those in those places. That would really do a lot. So I'm gonna say seven right now. But in another universe in a in a parallel dimension, it might have had a higher rating. There you go. I still feel like seven is per- fairly solid, con- all things considered. All right, Eric, what about you? What do you think, man? Um, well, me and Corey, once again, just like before, are, are pretty much on the same page. I, I'm also going to bring this in at a solid seven. Uh, mostly, uh, it has good things and it has bad things about it. So let's run them both down real quick. Let's, let's talk about the good first. The good. You got Roddy Piper. Great performance. Uh, you got CC Burrell, also great performance. Rory Calhoun, great performance. Um, but they needed to be fleshed out, and that's the bad part. Um, where you have all this good stuff, the lore and the lexicon, like I was talking about before, great stuff. That's the stuff that you need for your movies, and to give it that comic book feel, which it already should have, be based on the you know the story arc, based on how they shot it, what the subject matter is. It's all there, but they fell short because they didn't get the writing in time. So you've got this convoluted story where it's like you have to go back. You have to watch it a few times and go, "Okay, well, how does this dot connect to this dot connects to this dot? And a lot of those things are you kind of have to fill them in yourself. You mean, depending on what you're doing can be good for imagination. What you see is always going to be less scarier than what you don't see and what you imagine. But it doesn't work in a sci-fi movie that's trying to be sci-fi, trying to be action, trying to be comedy. You know, pick a fucking lane. Right, you know, right. Keep it simple. If you're going to do action sci-fi comedy, do action sci-fi comedy, but make sure that your story's written out. You know, those are the things that really make or break your movie. But... Th- it makes the imagination, it feeds your imagination. So that's where it's coming in at that seven. Had it been more fleshed out, had it been, you know, a little bit of better cast. Like I said, Sandra, Sandra Bergman as the it girl in the movie just ain't hitting for me. It should have been swapped. It would have hit a little bit better. She's more of the tough guy role in this movie that she's playing off. And Cece Vernell was doing more of the seductress 
type stuff. It, it just flowed better when the role reversal was there for that brief scene that we get in the desert. Right, right. So for those reasons, I have I have to give it a seven. It could have been, like you said, Corey said too, it could have been a nine. And they cast Pam Greer and all the other people that they had lined up for this. It could have been an easy nine. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you guys. <clears throat> I still love the movie. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I can say if I love it, but I, I sure like it a fucking whole lot. Oh, I love it. I will never, I will never not love this movie. Let's get it straight yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I just think I, I love it a little less now than I did, say, 20 some odd years ago. You know, because it just, you look through things with, you know, those, as they say, with rose colored glasses, you know, and through the nostalgia factor, you love things a little bit more. But it, like I said, like you guys already said, it, it it all hinges on Roddy Piper. Without Roddy Piper, this movie isn't half of what it, you, you know, of what it could be. Uh, well, shows that. Hmm? And the sequel shows that plain as day. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Robert Zadar is good at what he does. But he is not the charismatic fucking and comedy mastermind that is Roddy Piper. You know, I mean, Roddy Piper is just so fucking funny, and I don't think he gets enough credit for being funny, that uh, being a comedian. You know, I mean, I think he's known as just being a meat, you know, air quotes again here, meathead style wrestler that just, you know doesn't you know get a lot of props for what he does or what he used to do and but you know without him as sam hell this movie doesn't work uh i i do agree i i like sandal bergman i i think she, i think she's fine in the in the role that's the one thing i think we we disagree on a little bit but i will admit that i think if you would have switched that with cc varel and had her play spangle and has sandal bergman play sentinella it would have made this movie a little bit better uh, now, can I make a little addendum there, if you wouldn't sure. mind? Yeah. Um, sure. I think that I would have preferred overall if Sandal Bergman would have been in contact by radio and she would have been the hard ass back at the base, and someone else would have been in either Sentinella's spot or Spangles. I think, I think she, she was essentially talking about Zoranda Shear's role in, as Fuzzy in Part Two. Yeah. What? Whatever it was where there would have been some lady in charge back at the place going like, have we finished this yet? It's like, you need to whip him in the line. Like, I think that she would have been much better in a role like that, where she was back at the base rather than in the field. I agree. I agree. But again, I'm, I'm just reiterating a lot of what you two have already said. Uh, I think that the story just it, it's just lacking in the story department. They could have fleshed things out. It left me wanting more and wanting to know more about these characters. And even though we got two more movies, you don't ever find out more about them. You don't. And, and what it is is bullshit. And I think the the writing is just a little lacking, you know. And um, I know we've kind of poo pooed a little bit over this movie, but I I, I still love it. I like it a lot. Um, I think of, it's disappointment. I think that we know that there was potential here, right? Because it doesn't seem like um, it doesn't seem like they weren't capable. It just seemed like 
there were parts missing. Like they were in their heads, but they just didn't do it. Like it oh, seems I, like it's. I have a feeling that the studio probably intervened and put a bunch of shit on the chopping block that probably would have made the movie a lot better and a lot more sensible. That's probably true. That's probably true. But um, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm. I got not much more to this, to say that you guys haven't already said, but I'm I'm gonna give this a seven and a half. I'm coming in just a, a little, little <laughs> notch hot higher, a little rivet, a little rivet higher. I love it. I love it. Oh shit! There we go. He was feeling froggy, so he jumped right there. Yeah. He was you, like, you, you guys gotta, said, you guys said jump. I said how high. <laughs> Well, guys, and he decided to jump over for Daniel J. Pollard. Yeah. yeah. Anybody want to play leapfrog? Well, not, not with my knees. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I, I got to say, man, this has been a lot of fun. I know it's God has been well over a year since the three of us have recorded together, but I am going to make it my life's work over the next several weeks to try to p- come up with an idea for another show. I think, you know, we can talk about this on air. It doesn't matter. But I think we need to do our uh, Darkman trilogy. Yes. Uh, that was you, you. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, That's I think good. I think we need to do that. But we need to record more often. This is it's been a little crazy and a little bit a little bit crazy and a whole lot unhinged. But that's well, I, like I just love it. On the line is, is on the crazy and unhinged. I think that the the listeners will love it. How. Well, maybe we weren't on air. I can't remember, but it's like, okay, so we're going to, this is going to be all factored in and we're, it's going to be more of a framework this time. Like, yeah, we're going to do it. We have to. It's going to go crazy. Otherwise, and that just falls apart immediately. <laughs> I think it actually fell apart quicker this time than it did last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I had like several more questions and I'm like, I never factored any of them in because we just, you know, magically ended up talking about them, you know, without me even having to bring it up. So, hey, hey, fuck it, it works. It seems like we had this thing planned out. Folks, no, we didn't. We didn't have shit planned out. (laughs) But as you said, I mean, you know, uh, without warning goes off without a hitch in some kind of way. I know that it's it's a it's a bear to to edit it down. But, yeah, that's a cross cross I have to bear. Hey, oh, that's that's why, you know. Uh, listeners, make sure to to send some money to uh, Cinema Degeneration's coffers. That way, he can like hire an editor. Yeah, I would love to be able to hire an editor. Like that, that's I think a lot that's more. Gonna be, that's going to be one of the first things I do once I get my uh, Patreon page set up, which I hopefully will have out here very soon. Actually, uh, I hope, 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 hope. Uh, I can maybe hire an editor. Probably won't make enough to hire an editor, but I at least feel better about my life spending hours and hours editing. Like, hey, I made twelve <laughs> bucks this. I made twelve bucks this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just want to thank you guys for. I know it's been a, a late night. Uh, I know it's Friday night, and you guys probably got other things you would would rather be doing. But I'm glad you chose to record here with me. I'm a 42-year-old nerd. I have nothing better to do than podcasting. <laughs> I'm a 40. I'm a 47-year-old geek. I got nothing better to do. There's not much better than talking about movies with you three guys. Uh, the only thing that was on, or you two guys, I was talking my other personality. It is making me wonder, though, how long would would it have to be three episodes, one for each part of the trilogy? Because 
I can't even imagine how long it would be if we were making one episode talking about all three at once. I fucking doubt it because one has got to meet two and three are just subpar compared to the fucking first. We would we would actually have to like buckle down and think of a series of questions and think of a tiered way of doing the things <laughs> if we were ever going to do all three movies at once. I, I I don't think we would. Otherwise, it'd be a seven and a half hour podcast. Just do part one and part two, split it, <laughs> <laughs> and just go what and is- just. Be like, yeah, there was a part three. We think we don't know. <laughs> Patty could be the host, and then she would have she would ask us all three of the questions. There you go. If anybody could she re- reel us in, it'd be her. She wouldn't be. She wouldn't put up with any foolishness. No, she would just be like, hey, 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 hey. reel it back in, reel it back in. Okay, but speaking of reeling it back in, we'll be signing off here in a moment. Uh, Eric, you got anything going on? Where can people uh, where can people find you? Just on the book of face? Uh, yep, that's pretty much it. I'm on Facebook. You can check out my OnlyFans. Just kidding. <laughs> Ooh. I, I am your one and only subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> that just changed. <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking 30-some people searching my name on OnlyFans. <laughs> if you find an Eric on there, it ain't me. <laughs> yeah, if you find an Eric Phillips on there, it's not him. If you find a Cameron Scott on there, it's it's, it's not me. It's not me, I'm telling you right now. No, no, nobody wants to see this ass. Just just telling you. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, to be debated. But, uh, Corey, where can people find you? What you got going on in your life, man? Yeah, I would say it's probably the face of book again. I, um, I, I've been very, very busy uh, with a little uh, side work that I'm actually starting to get, you know, I'm getting more into nowadays uh, that, that I've done for a long time, but not in a, it's not very official now, but it's a little bit more official than it had been before. So there's actually a, a there is a three story, I guess you call it a chat book that's on Amazon right now called Triptych, Three Tales of Frontier Horror by Richard Beauchamp. I think that's how you say it, Beauchamp or Beauchamp. Probably Beauchamp, Richard Beauchamp. And uh, Triptych is T-R-I-P-T-Y-C-H. It's basically about like, it's kind of like a travel log through a weird Western uh, wasteland with with uh, horrors, with horrors of, yeah, uh, horrors of varying degrees. There are uh, demonic slugs and there's a Lovecraftian entity linked to like a, a artifact and there's a there's a bounty hunter who's taking a a cursed guy across the desert and uh, I am listed as the editor of this work and I actually nice. have a yeah I was also listed as a co uh, co author of the final uh, story in it so triptych. Three Tales of Frontier Horror by Richard Beauchamp on Amazon now. It's on uh, Kindle Unlimited. You can get an audiobook or paperback. The audiobook just dropped, I think it was last week. So it's getting pretty crazy. But uh, I've been having a lot of fun. And uh, it's actually been getting a lot of attention. And so hopefully with any luck, I'll be uh, I'll be doing a lot more work and getting some stuff out there. So. It's been a good time. I have it bookmarked right now. I found it and bookmarked it. I will probably be dropping on the paperback because I don't really use my Kindle all that much. (laughs) 
I prefer the, yeah. the the look and feel and smell of a good old fashioned paperback. Yeah, dude, uh, it's uh, Don Noble did the the cover on it. Cover I think it turned out fire, man. Oh man, oh yeah, I, that was one of the things that a lot of people have mentioned, and I remember because I, I was in on I was in on this thing in the ground floor, so I got to see it uh, really early in the in the process, and I remember the first thing out of my mouth was, "Man, that looks like." There's heat rolling off of that cover. The color and the uh, the lava looking effect, like it yeah, really, yeah. really works well. Yeah, we should probably just sign off right now, anyways. But uh, folks listening at home, you have been listening to Cinema Degeneration's first episode of our Wasteland Appreciation Month. We have been reviewing and dissecting Hell Comes to Frog Town to Hell Comes to Frog Town from 1988. I've been your host Cameron Scott. They've been my co-hosts Corey Dawson and Eric Phillips and we bid you a fond farewell where we always end up saying eat lead froggies. <laughs> <laughs>